What do you and your accountant have in common? Maybe the same football team, maybe you drink the same wine, or perhaps you even agree that you haven't always seen eye to eye. But both professions are transforming at a rapid rate into becoming trusted advisors. In this episode, my guest Peter Sackerson from RSM Bird Cameron, we talk about that changing role of the accountant to the financial advisor because we've never seen so much availability of financial information, particularly in our pharmacies, which are leaving us data rich but knowledge poor. And that's where the accountant turns it into daily business insights. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide, and we're into the second episode of 2015, episode 45. I just can't wait to get to 52 so I can bring you an anniversary edition. I can't wait, but we're not far away now. But before we get started, all jokes aside, I'm sure we've got more things in common with our accountants than just what I was talking about there. But Realistically, there's a lot that's changed in both of our worlds and we just need to come together and make this great cohesive collaborative team that's going to take our businesses forward. And you're going to get such a great insight from Peter Sackerson, who's one of the traditionalists in our profession, in our industry. And for those in Australia, you would know him at every conference almost. He's one of the most outspoken accountants that we have in our country and also one who's got great insights into the pharmacy industry, having built his practice on that very foundation. But more to, more into that very, very soon. We also had last week, as you'd remember, Amanda Fisher from Connected Accountants and she brought you the zero view. So today, Peter and his uh, company partnered with Sasu, and we and if you might remember back to episode 40, 35, sorry, not 45, um, Mark Lehman from Sasu was our guest on that show, and he gave you the software features and also the major benefits. But you're going to hear it from an accountant perspective, and that's one of the things that's going to make this episode so fantastic for you. Also, if you are on holiday, I hope you've already taken advantage of your five prescriptions for a stress-free holiday. If you haven't already, just head across to robertstar.com forward slash stress-free holiday. And if you've already come back from holiday as well, and I can appreciate some of the breaks may be a little bit shorter, um, please let me know what you thought of the five prescriptions as well. I put a lot of effort into that one. It was my best knowledge from a lot of my holidays, which I've put into practice, and I'd love to know where whether you got any benefit from that as well, because I'd like to refine it. And when I come out with another edition next year, I want it to be bigger and better than what we've done. But if you haven't seen it, you get some great how-to videos to some free tools that you'll need. You heard right, they are free. That will help you connect to your systems remotely if you really need to and collaborate and communicate with your team and tackle opportunities and challenges if and when they come up but most importantly, help you disconnect and enjoy your holiday with your family as well. 
But before we get into our interviews today, we've got the third edition of our summer series of the Pharmacy Freedom Index Insights. And it's quite appropriate that we're going to be talking about setting and reviewing key performance indicators today. And the tools that we're going to be utilizing are our accounting platforms, and particularly the ones we've spoken about in more recent weeks, Zero and Sasu. Now, you may have capabilities already in your desktop applications, but these KPIs are only designed to be looked at on a, on a live basis. You don't want to be looking back three, four months to make a decision for what you want today. You need up-to-date data. So I'd recommend that if you are using a traditional accounting system that's desktop-based, that doesn't have live data in it, that you perhaps use Excel or even Google Sheets and you can have your accounted cut and paste reporting or KPI data into those spreadsheets that you can look at online. And that might be your next best thing before you transition to cloud accounting platforms. I've got no doubt after the last two episodes and particularly after you hear from Peter today, there's so much to be gained from transitioning to cloud accounting. You just simply don't have room for all these old manual processes that we've done in the past. And you literally will not know how you've done without them. So on to our strategy for today. So we've covered off on business planning in, in the last episode, which were collaborative business plans. So we've already taken the best feedback from our customers, our patients, obviously, our team, and also our partners, which can include suppliers and also healthcare partners. So we've got them all aligned into the vision of our pharmacies and what that actually represents for them. So we need to basically put together some benchmarks or milestones around how we know whether we were going to achieve those goals. So when we've got them out there, we've got to actually think about them. Now, to kick us off, I'm going to give you Peter's three key pharmacy KPIs, which you will hear very, very soon. But they were focusing around customer numbers, gross profit dollars per customer, and interest cover. Now, a lot of those ones cover a wide variety of different KPIs in a business, but ultimately what we need to be looking at is what we're going to be looking at the core of our business. So if you are an aged care pharmacy, you might want to look at a number of metrics around perhaps gross profit per customer, because that will have a lot to do with basically your generic substitution and whether you're actually making any more out of that. You want to look at your operating costs as well. So that might have something to do with the expenses that you're outputting for your aged care, and particularly also whether you're growing your numbers as well um, and whether or not that gross profit for a customer has been going up or not. So you need to look at those KPIs very, very closely because it will tell you whether you're achieving your goals or not and it's a number that doesn't lie. One of the great things about numbers is it's very easy for everyone to understand them because we know whether we've hit them or not. And they will be very much based on what you're actually setting the goals for. So the other thing might be, and it's obviously a, a shrinking opportunity, but still one nonetheless, around generic substitution. So you may be obviously tapping into some dashboards that your generic supplier may have provided for you, and you're able to look at your total generic substitution, or even just the brand that you've chosen as well. And you can mention, you can put those benchmarks into either a dashboard software or just simply a spreadsheet that you can share amongst your team. And as I mentioned in the past, Google Sheets is a really, really good one for that because everyone can be working on it at the same time and there's no different versions going around. 
It might also be around professional services. So again, you might track customer numbers to a particular professional service and what additional sales that's brought on and obviously what additional professional service income you may have got from the five CPA, which will soon become the six CPA uh, later this year. So you need to take you need to take up a lot of those metrics and it might even have something to do with understanding your customers better through the data. It could well be that you start identifying the number of patients that have fit a particular professional service and you look at your opportunity analysis. So as we've spoken about in a few episodes back, and it might have even been with Luke in episode 33, you can scrape your guild care data to look at maybe the number of appropriate dose administration aid patients, number of meds check patients, even though the opportunity is smaller, number of, AP, number of uh, HMRs, and also any additional professional services that you may be running as well. You just need to set the criteria so that your systems can actually measure and manage them as well. So that gives you a couple of indications as to which way you can go with a lot of these things. But realistically, it comes back to what we did last week, the business planning and also what collaborative goals you've put together with your team, your patients and your partners and measuring them appropriately And you might even be able to use the tools that we talk about today with Peter to be able to help you do that. Our interview today is with Peter Sackerson. He's the Director of Pharmacy Services at RSM Bird Cameron, who help pharmacists really understand their businesses. Peter Sackerson, welcome to the Transformation Show. Thank you, Robert. Nice to be here with you. Fantastic. And look, it's great to have you on, Peter. And I know a lot of our listeners took a lot away from our uh, recent interview with Mark Lehman from Sasu, and uh, he referenced a lot of what you do and the great IP that you've brought in to merge with their cloud-based accounting product, Sasu. So really, from from your perspective, and you've worked with so many pharmacy owners over your journey, I I think our listeners are going to be really spoilt today to see, I guess, what are the true benefits of um, cloud-based accounting systems? Uh, look, um, today, Robert, with, I mean, with the cloud there, people can get a, a much truer view of their business. Uh, too often or quite often owners, for different reasons, may have their economic entity, uh, business entity not sitting in the one place or in the one entity and, and to get a view of the business as a whole, uh, it's good to have the technology available to bring the results together on the, on the one page, if you like, or the one screen. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and before we get into the uh, systems, because it's always nice for our listeners to know, I guess, the journey of uh, some of our guests on the show. Is um, how did you get involved in uh, pharmacy, Peter? And I know it's, I know it's been a great journey, and um, it's uh, certainly got so many different perspectives as far as different groups and pharmacies. But um, how did you get started in pharmacy? And I guess why do you now see that um, the technology that's evolving in this space um, could be so beneficial for pharmacy owners? Look, a long time ago, uh, Robert, as, as accountants, we decided that it, was, it would be beneficial to be known for something as opposed to just firing a shotgun, if you like, trying to, trying to win clients. And, and we sat around and, and saw that we had a few pharmacy clients. And so we decided that we'd, we'd, we'd step out and see if we can get to know a little bit more about the industry and, and become known as uh, experts in pharmacy business. Uh, and so that's how we started. And uh, it's... We've seen a lot of change um, in the industry over that time since about 1985, I think. Oh, no, sorry, 1995 when we got involved. Um, so uh, it's been a, it has been a journey and, and, um, and I think it's still exciting and, and a lot of exciting times ahead for pharmacy. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I don't think there's ever been a time where it's been more tumultuous in terms of the level of change around, you know, those increasing operating costs and declining revenues from PBS reform. And often our, our owners do turn to their trusted accountant like yourself and uh, really look to them for direction and obviously the see the insights of what they can do in their businesses and and peter over the journey i know that a lot of a lot of our owners may have had different relationships with their accountant they may have only seen them once a year or twice a year and reviewed the figures then but i guess what are you now seeing as the as the trend because with all of the changes we need to be so adept to know how to respond and how to um, institute change in our business to combat those Um, what are the trends that you are seeing now uh, the, I mean, the trends now is that uh, obviously data is more becoming more readily available. Uh, there's two aspects to that. One is having it available in the right form, but also still there's a bit of work needed still, I think, to ensure that the data you are getting access to is accurate. Um, so I think there's two there's two there's a two pronged uh, approach to there because it's the story in technology hasn't changed. If you put rubbish in, you only get rubbish out. Um, so so the trend is to get more access to data and and um, then spend more time making decisions rather than actually preparing the data itself. Um, for pharmacy, it's, uh, for me, one of the sort of uh, dates uh, in time to note, um, ironically, is the GST back in 2001 because it forced or pushed pharmacy owners into actually doing their numbers monthly and, and, and at least doing them reasonably accurately because... As we all know, pharmacies get their, their GST re- refunds every month. And, yeah. and for me as an accountant, I thought that was a great thing because it was good for business management. And um, I'm not sure that pharmacy owners uh, shared my joy, if you like, at the time. But I think that has, if you like, prepared them for where we are today with technology and that they've already got some processes or a lot of processes in place to get data together. And they're now able to, uh, if you like, technology enable them or, or to improve them, improve those processes and hopefully uh, attack those two issues I've mentioned of having accurate data and having uh, more access to data. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And, you know, we've never been in a time where we've been so data rich, but also knowledge poor. And quite often on an everyday basis, a lot of our listeners will be turning to their pods to try to understand what they're, how they're going from a customer traffic and their numbers and also the sales. Uh, but it really only paints a small part of the picture. And it's only until you can get your P&Ls in front of you or profit and loss statements to be able to examine the true picture. And I think traditionally, and correct me if I'm wrong, we probably haven't referred to those reports all that too often. Look, I think there's two two um, little stories in what you just said, Robert. Firstly, uh, certainly the the industry I think is well served on the uh, on the point of sale side, on the point of sale system side, uh, with some great providers available. And um, the key again is then making sure the data out of those systems is accurate, and that's where uh, some. Uh, businesses or owners and their and their teams can let themselves down by not having that attention to detail. Um, hopefully, the technology will uh, help remove those some of the errors by by much of the data going in uh, electronically rather than being put in manually. So that's that side of it. Uh, and as an accountant, uh, dear to my heart, yes, um, uh, referring more often to profit and loss statements um, uh, is really where um, you know the truth does come home. But more and more too, Robert, and this is an area that we do uh, try and direct our clients' attention to, is 
is understanding what your balance sheet is telling you as well. Yep. Uh, in these times of, of changing business profits and changing business values, uh, one of the uh, key focus points is you know what you own and what you are and what's the value of what you own, what's the value of your business, and um, understanding uh, the, the the leverage or the gearing that you have in terms of the level of debt you have, you know, in terms of uh, loan to the bank, etc. Yeah. Uh, and 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 then drawing joining the dots between all of those data sources uh, and becoming uh, really focused on what that information is telling you. Yeah, and no, I look absolutely, and you touched on such a great, I guess, pain point a lot in our industry is really that integration of what we see in store and our point of sale, and how that translates into our in our <coughs> P and L statements and how frequently we can review them. And I think traditionally, and I, I still haven't seen a, a, a great solution to it, and perhaps that's something you might be able to share with us as to how you've tackled that. But getting the information from your point of sale into the accounting system and making sure that the those data sources are kept accurate and not, um, you know, don't, don't incur errors as far as data translation and transcriptions concerned. So, how have you managed that? Um, because it is obviously a, a bit of a pain because the point of sale reports are instantaneous, but then if you want to translate that across, it has always resulted in requiring an additional data entry source, being an in-store bookkeeper or a staff member that's trained in that area. Um, or even some complicated extraction tool that has been developed. Yeah, certainly, Robert, that's a that's a key focus point. Uh, it is an area that we're uh, developing at the moment in terms of uh, working with POS providers and, and getting data directly into cloud cloud based uh, accounting solutions. Um, we we have tended to um, work to the if you like required or minimalist details needed to drive the profit and loss statements and and then and have the information make sense to the owners and and, and to us as as outside advisors uh, but that is an area that is uh, a key focus point at the moment is is connecting all of those different um, those different sources of data so that we can enable uh, data feeds and and um, and then real-time reporting yeah, no, absolutely. And are, are there any um, case studies? And again, I, as I mentioned to Mark, for privacy reasons, please don't disclose them if you can't, um, where you've seen that work really, really well and there's been a great system. I know with Mark, we spoke about how um, business owners, let alone pharmacy owners, could use a service like Shoeboxed, for example, where they can um, you know, scan the documents and put it into a extracted data format that can automatically tip into a system like SASU. Um, you know, how have you seen it best managed? Certainly, uh, we've uh, worked with clients using uh, solutions such as Receipt Bank and in Bitbox, which are uh, invoice scanning technology, uh, that, and that takes a, a fair bit of the pain away from from businesses in, in getting their uh, you know their, their purchase data into their into their systems. Yeah. Uh, once you set that up, that can be a fairly painless uh, process, and when you combine that sort of uh, data availability to with uh, things like data feeds for bank accounts. Uh, you're then starting to get some fairly uh, quick availability of information, which again, uh, with a bit of tidy up, can then be presented can be presented back uh, as as being uh, quite useful information in, in a short period of time. 
Yeah, no, look, absolutely. But I suppose that the biggest issue at the centre of all of that is once that data is, I guess, translated, is making sure it's in a format that, um, you know, both a pharmacy owner and their accountant and can collaborate around. And, and is that starting to see a, a shifting trend that you're seeing where there is getting you are collaborating more with your clients because of the data availability? Oh, that's right. I mean, and just going back to SASU for a moment, I mean, hmm. uh, one of their uh, great features that we've used a lot of is, is the consolidation feature, which enables, as I say, a, you know, a, a business which might be split across a couple of entities. You can bring it together on the one page as one business, and really that's how, from a management perspective, uh, you want to be able to view that pharmacy business. And so that's you're able to do that. You're able to do it online, and you're able to talk about it together. So, so that's certainly one, one example of... of um, of having data available in the cloud where, where both parties can, uh, can see the information. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and does that change, you know, traditionally, like as you've seen over the years where we we're all working with, um, you know, desktop-based systems like MyOB or QuickBooks um, and now that's transitioned to cloud-based accounting platforms, has that changed the accountant's role um, over the journey and, in, and has it been for the better from your perspective? Oh, look, um, I think uh, you know, there's no industry um, protected from the impact of technology and, and pharmacy and accounting. They're, they're, they're both in the same boat there. Uh, certainly the, the transition to the cloud of those accounting packages you mentioned uh, has um, uh, changed our view or, or impacted upon the industry in terms of what we do for our clients and who does what. Uh, it has in the past tended to be a separation of duties, the the capturing of the data and then the reviewing of the data and the and the um, advice around the data, we're seeing that now as, if you like, being one solution. And that um, at, you know at RSM Boot Cameron, we see that we're able to provide that one solution to our to our clients, so that um, put put solutions on the table where we can ensure that the data is being captured uh, and and processed quickly uh, and is available to the people who need to give the advice quickly. So that's certainly uh, true in, in the accounting profession that these technologies, they're uh, changing our interaction with clients, they're changing the emphasis of skills that, that we uh, have traditionally had uh, from, you know, uh, if you like, processing of data and, 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 and ensuring accuracy to a position where we've, act, where we've been working for a long time and that is once the data is available, what advice can we provide and, and what's the interpretation and, and what learnings, if you like, can we pass on to our clients? Um, we're, that's where we're, we're educated and that is in, in understanding numbers and hopefully by uh, espousing that to, to our clients, uh, the, you know, the light comes on and they can see what levers they need to pull uh, in their pharmacy business. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And, you know, I guess with all the information now being able to be positioned in a, in a single point of truth, um, as opposed to in the past where the file could only ever be worked on independently by either the owner, the bookkeeper, the, the accountant, and even the advisor all independently rather than collaborating. It, it changes, I guess, the, the daily or weekly interactions in that um, perhaps you may be having more frequent um, but less, you know, less duration chats about changes that are happening um, on a weekly basis as opposed to maybe traditionally on that quarterly or half-yearly basis? 
Certainly, certainly, Robert, you're right there. The that availability does, uh, you know, bring people bring us together more often, and 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 not only that, uh, if you like, as the business owner is educated in in understanding um, the numbers and and knowing what the you know what a positive or negative result actually uh, implies and, and what levers go with each of the numbers, they're able to do take more and more steps themselves and then simply check in and say, look, this is what I'm doing now, this is why I'm doing it, what do you think? Uh, and then you can actually uh, be looking at, they can go a lot further, a lot more quickly uh, than in the past, and that's certainly true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and have you seen some pharmacies that have really taken great heed of that and you've been able to help educate them on the, what the numbers mean and they're almost making you know, subtle little changes on their own for the real positive effect in their business? Oh, that's what we, if you like, spend our week in and week out uh, time doing. Robert is is putting uh, more or putting relevant information in front of pharmacy owners, and then going through a process of education, and then, if you like, uh, helping them to walk and then run, and then being there beside them and seeing uh, seeing uh, better outcomes come from improve, improvements in pharmacy businesses. Uh, I mean, like uh, most of the industry, we've recognised. Uh, what's happening with PBS reform? What that's what that's going to take away from uh, business profitability, and uh, what and that owners need to be alert and, and to be actually thinking or to have thought through their their pharmacy model, and 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 to be making changes. And you know, I've I've, I've written a lot about um, in the past six months, particularly about the need for uh, cohesive change, for uh, focus strategy, for you know sticking to the plan. Um, and for having uh, uh, goals, strategies, and actions that are that are uh, 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 intimately connected and not just haphazard. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And on the topic of PBS reform, Peter, and I dare say most of our uh, listeners may have run a script map report for their pharmacies. H- how are you um, finding that you can integrate, I guess, the results that come out of script map, which is, you know, obviously, you know, they help you put it in, put your pharmacy into different size buckets and to analyse your dispense data based on your previous three, even 12 months worth of data to project what that's going to do to your pharmacy. But obviously, there's some so many other little variables that come up um, in the expense or even the income column. So how do you help to translate that report into a real projection or a cash flow projection for, for an owner um, when it then comes back into their own system? Look, the script map report is, has been a valuable tool ever since it's, uh, uh, it's launched sort of five years ago and, and I was very surprised at the slow take-up and, and it was only... Uh, in recent times, with the sort of transformation pushed by uh, the guild, guild in Canberra, that, that there was a real urgency around script map. Uh, I mean, I was surprised that people just weren't on it from the start and, and running it quarterly and, and 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 really understanding what the future held for their for their businesses. Uh, but having once it only gets a script map report, there's some some key numbers in there that that really point point them towards uh, the imminent uh, impact of, on their gross profit dollars. Uh, in their business, and it's a real number, and it's a number that they need to um, see what, see where they can, uh, uh, how they can replace it, and and it's, so in terms of bringing script map, map back into uh, the, their planning and their and their targeting and the and the other income and expenses, well, you know, if if you need to replace 
$60,000 worth of lost gross profit, that has to come from somewhere. And you can break that down to, you know, you might save $15,000 in expenses. You might uh, generate 15000 or $20,000 in professional services income. And then you've got to uh, find the other, you know, twenty or $30,000 perhaps from getting a better retail performance. Uh, and then within that exercise of improving retail performance, you know, which categories are going to improve, uh, how you're going to improve them, uh, does it need a good marketing plan? Does it need better ranging? Does it need uh, a small refit? So, so immediately having the script map report uh, focuses or should focus the owner on on how they can replace the lost dollars, and then the the strategies and actions that flow from that desire to replace those lost dollars. Yeah, absolutely, and and it is and it is always on the owner to make that to help make those decisions because I think too often in the past we've been uh, passively thinking that you know the next agreement will take care of the losses of the previous one or the PBS reforms will be offset by something else. But realistically, there's a lot one can do in their own business um, to actually start instituting change outside of what may be you know a, a rebatable scheme or a professional service scheme that's done nationally. So I guess, um, Peter, I guess a lot of our listeners may be on at different levels and some may already be in a cloud accounting space, in which case they've seen benefits. But for, for a listener who's sitting there thinking, well, I'm still using the traditional accounting systems where I've got the desktop um, versions and I'm having to take a USB drive or otherwise to my accountant or bookkeeper to work on it. What would you say is, the, I guess, the, the major, I guess, benefits, but also the first steps that they may want to take to progress that forward? Well, I mean, the, I think we've spoken a bit about the benefits already in mm. terms of uh, more, better availability of data and uh, and certainly, I think that's a big plus. Um, one of the, the second uh, second benefit, of course, is, it, is it potential elimination of errors uh, because of uh, data passing in electronically rather than manually, um, and perhaps also more completely. Uh, and then with that availability of data, being able to make quicker decisions and, and, and better decisions from, from hopefully being more accurate. Yeah. In terms of the first steps to take, uh, I think... Um, Hopefully the systems they have already are tidy uh, because to change a bad system to another system, you might end up with just another bad system. Uh, and I think it's important that um, that owners or, or, or the team, the management team, uh, understands how the cloud technology works uh, and then understand um, wh- where the data comes from and then, and then what that's going to replace. Uh, I mean, and I know pharmacy owners, for example, are, have, have been very keen on different sorts of records and manual records about customer numbers and what happened this day last year and all that sort of thing. And hopefully they can look at what they do and pull out four or five things they do now manually and, and just scrap them because they're going to be taken care of in the new, in the new, in the new processes. Uh, and and by, only by doing that can they uh, achieve one of the uh, hopeful outcomes of, of this technology, and that is to free up time. Uh, yeah. If you're going to keep doing the old things as well as the new things, well, then you'll keep. Maybe you'll start blaming the the new technology for taking up more time, and really, it's you haven't changed your processes. Absolutely, so absolutely. Steps, yeah. So first steps are to to understand what your system is today and what your processes are today, and then uh, look at what's on offer and see what you can. Um, what's the word? Um, you can you can streamline in that transition. Um, uh, firstly, 
Secondly, of course, and maybe not they're not in the right order, but secondly, you, you want to be aware of the security issues and make sure that you're you're taking care of those things. Uh, for example, some data feeds uh, that come uh, may require you to give your login to a third party, and are you comfortable with that? Uh, just like we put, we leave credit card details on third party websites. Uh, are we comfortable with giving third parties uh, logins to bank accounts and things like that? Uh, so it's it's it, that's a matter of understanding those issues and and knowing what the security uh, requirements are around them, uh, and then once you you can see what's on offer, once you can get the streamline streamlining worked out, understand the security issues, then uh, we're, have a walkthrough of of how this will work. Uh, make sure you understand the investment that might be required in getting the technology to work, um, and then uh, get that walkthrough. Uh, happening and then sit down and and consider all that and and which way you might go yeah no look absolutely and as you say with that data availability the confidence that you get from you know having that available almost anywhere anytime and sasso is a great example of how you can access that information from a mobile device or desktop device anywhere in the world really and um and, and and certainly the other key considerations i gather will also be as you've touched on the amount of time that you may save but also by you know, obviously automating and putting together your best processes and leveraging a great system like Sasu and there's other great ones like Zero and so forth, um, you're able to hopefully save some money by becoming more efficient. So I guess what we, what would you say is, I, I guess, the, the, the types of typical savings that owners could consider seeing in time and also money? Uh, look, in terms of um, uh, money, I, I think... Owners can look at what are their costs of the of the manual processes and, in, and interactions that they have now, and can can their advisor uh, provide a solution which combines all of those activities, uh, perhaps at a lesser rate. Uh, alternatively, for the same for the same investment, can you get more for your money? Yeah. Because there's now more data available more quickly, and and can you perhaps have more interactions, more advice? Um, Secondly, with that, uh, what because there's more data that we can grab, what else can be fed back to the owner in terms of uh, uh, indications on business performance and and you know retail performance and those sorts of things. Um, in terms of time, um, there's a lot of talk now around services in pharmacy. There's a lot of talk now around um, having the pharmacists out front and dealing more with the customers. Uh, does can can the use of these technologies contribute to that availability of time? Uh, can it can it take if you need less people to do the manual data processing? Can you put on more appropriate people who can then engage with the customers instead? Yep. Um, so there, there, there's some some things that the owners can think about. I mean, because they perhaps in some of that discussion, is there is or well, well, how can I perhaps afford to put on more pharmacist time? Because that's what I'm being asked to do, and well, when you look around at these changing manual processes, maybe there's, there's there's other time that gets freed up which can be replaced with the pharmacist time, for example. 
Yeah, and I think and I think that's the major consideration for any of our owners that are listening that maybe, you know, single pharmacist operator businesses where they're just wearing every single hat under the sun and that may include doing the data entry for the accounting system, doing the roster, doing the payroll. And, you know, there are, as we've been talking about on the show, a number of systems that can help you leverage your best processes so that you spend more time and donate that time back into becoming more patient-centred and really becoming a better listener listener and a better problem solver, um, which, you know, we always talk about as the, the major strategic advantage I think pharmacists have right now. Um, and I guess the other thing in terms of understanding the information and that collaborative relationship that we've spoken about, um, how, how is that translated or, I guess, put in, into a, a dashboard, for lack of a better word, for pharmacists so that they can answer that age-old question that I'm sure would have been fired at you many times over the years of, am I okay? How am I going? I think um, certainly we focus now with our clients, Robert, on, on getting in front of owners' uh, KPIs and, and relevant data that, that gives, them that, gives, them, gives them an indication of an answer to that question of how am I going. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you don't need a full profit and loss statement and a balance sheet to, to know how you're going. Um, uh, at, at, a, at a reasonably low level. Um, I mean, if you're, not, if you're following your customer count and your script counter, if you're, if you're knowing, seeing your average sale climb, if you're seeing your items per customer climb, uh, there's a number of KPIs that you can get in front of yourself uh, quite quickly. Uh, and certainly uh, having them uh, placed there uh, in, a, in a dashboard type uh, environment uh, is certainly, certainly can be beneficial. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And if you had to pick your top three as to, you know, which ones would, you know, be the best indicators that, you know, if, if, if we've got listeners that are, I guess, starting to look at these relationships, you know, either independently or on their own, what, what would be those three things that you'd be looking at? That's a, a question without notice, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> um, my, my top three, I think, look... Uh, I say that I've said many times that you know if your customer numbers aren't improving, you're just doing everything wrong. Yeah. Um, so I would have to say that customer numbers would have to be there. Yeah. Uh, secondly, um, pharmacists are asked to do a lot of things in their business now to, to change their model, and so we what's the measure um, that um, captures all of those things? So what's the measure that captures? your rate of generic substitution? What's the measure that captures your um, uh, level of the amount of professional services that you provide your customers? And what's the level that captures you know, how well you're retailing? And I, I, I've come to the measure of uh, gross profit dollars per customer uh, because that, that is where, that's the business end, if you like. That's everything you do, whether it's providing a service for a fee uh, using generics and getting uh, better, a stronger GP, and retailing better and um, and getting more in the basket. At the end of the day, if you're increasing your gross profit dollars per customer, uh, then that tells me that you're doing some or all of those things um, reasonably well. So I suppose um, there's uh, number two, if you like. Mm. Um, I, I probably then for number three, if, if I'm limited to three, I'd go. Uh, away from that end of the business to the other end, and that is, um, how's my balance sheet looking, and am I uh, able to uh, keep my head above water? And I know the banks use traditionally an interest cover, 
measure, which is uh, profit before interest divided by your interest. Um, and they put covenants on uh, borrowers of a covenant of two, two times. Yep. So that your that is your profit should be twice the size of your interest bill. Um, you know, I'd like to see owners running at sort of three and a half to four times to make sure there's lots of headroom. Yeah. So if you like, if I was limited to three, I'd go with customer numbers, gross profit dollars per customer, and interest cover. Yeah. No. Look, absolutely, and I appreciate that, that Peter. And I think I think that's quite key as well in terms of a lot of what our listeners are encountering is that we can be flooded with so much data and different types of reports. And you know, having had the ability to you know look through the different types of reports you can get from both Sasu and Zero, it's really hard sometimes to focus and zero in. And um, you know, I imagine these types of metrics can be very easily set up on a dashboard to be able to look at on an everyday basis that's right that's right and and i guess also like and i think that that second one particularly is fantastic the gross profit per customer because i think that probably then indicates as to the level of service intensity that you can afford to offer in your pharmacy in that uh, you know if you've got a low volume of customers and a low gross profit of customer um, per customer you're not going to be able to offer them too much but you know the higher that ratio goes um, i guess the more you, you can have that confidence to invest in uh, greater services and opportunities to enrich our customers' lives. Yeah, that's why you combine it with uh, looking at your absolute customer numbers. I mean, I mean, if, as I said at the start of that that uh, that discussion, hmm. if your customer numbers are going down, well, then you've got to sort of stop everything and say why, you know, and and, and really look at how you can reverse that. Yeah. And and traditionally, have you also seen that when you've seen pharmacy owners transition to this data availability and insight availability environment in the cloud, that their behaviour changes? Um, I know Mark spoke a lot about how you know people tend to sleep a little bit better. They don't tend to worry as much about whether they can pay themselves or whether they're going to meet payroll this week or next week. Is is there a calmness that you start to notice? I guess as a, as a behaviour change. Well, look, I think um, it, it certainly uh, brings a, a a new level of professionalism. I mean, not that not that not saying that pharmacy owners aren't professional by any any means, but in terms of um, business management and just just stepping up that level of professionalism, uh, the old story: knowledge is power. And if and 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 if people can be um, not afraid of the unknown, because the unknown is now known, if you can follow me, mm. uh, then Certainly, it, it does give people a sense of control and uh, and knowing the, the path they're heading down. You know, if they know they've had a good year of profit and they they know that there's a tax bill coming and they know when it's coming, uh, then they can plan their cash flow accordingly. Uh, and, and it's no different in other areas of the business. Uh, we've been told a long time now that there will be an impact of PBS reform. Um, that was accelerated a little bit by our previous previous federal government and yeah. and, and we've now got uh, that, that that impact hitting already in the in last month and this month and more to come in April next year we know these we know these changes are coming and so and and as we discussed earlier script map has been there to tell us the impact of those changes on our business so if, if owners do take that step and, in, and invest in that that next level of, of information uh, they can be in more control uh, they can uh, if, as you've said, uh, they can have a, a calmer approach to, to the business, and I think that's that's what happens when people do get knowledge. You know, you, it, it's not unknown anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah, I th- look, I think I think I think for too long we've been uh, very, um, I guess, passive in the way we've engaged there, and probably more so outsourced uh, that decision. And um, I guess the white and, and red flags to to our accountants, and you know, we've we've often asked that question, asked that question, probably not probably not enough um, as to what is happening, and perhaps it was just very comfortable to think, yes, we're okay, you know, and you can ask that question every so often, and then you don't ask it again for another. question quarter but you know as we talk about a lot I think you can gain a lot more from being collaborative and um, and certainly as we're starting to see now it, the the cloud-based tools allow that collaboration to go to another level in that you can have a virtual advisory team available to you almost any time of the, or not every time of the day but almost any day and um, have them working for you on your business that's right that's that's all all that is true Robert I mean uh, get, people are getting having the information available. They're they're getting um, more confident in, in in their own understanding of their business. And and I mean that's been our our mission in our time is is to help uh, educate um, pharmacists around the stuff that that if you like we've been educated in, and that's uh, understanding uh, financial um, reports and and what the meaning is. Uh, and and to really take note of them and and I suppose the industry has has come back to the field uh, in in comparison to if you like other industries and professions um, in in terms of the need to really be on the game as to what's going on in the in the business of pharmacy and it has taken some by surprise in 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 uh, over the past couple of years but I think most people now are are tuned are tuned in if you like. And they can see that they they do need to be on top of on top of the business and, and what's going on in, in in all facets and you know in the, in the four pillars if you like in their dispensary and retail and services and overheads and and then add add to that manage their balance sheet well and and they really need to wear the owner the cap of business owner um, confidently and proudly and, and and do it well because the the, the margin for error is diminishing. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And, and because we always like to get a little story in a case, like, is there a pharmacy without obviously mentioning names and so forth that, and, and the, the changes that they've made, um, which have been, you know, very, very impactful on their, on their bottom line and also the way they've approached moving their business forward? Um, look, yes, I, I mean, I've um, had uh, a lot of uh, interaction with one particular client who, uh, is in a shopping centre. Uh, um, like most shopping centre pharmacies, the the rent you pay is challenging, and um, uh, and so they've had to look at their overheads and then realise uh, what profitability is needed to to make the business viable. They were uh, an early adopter of, of in terms of efficiencies around uh, dispensing robots, uh, and that certainly um, has kept their their help keep their uh, salaries under control. Uh, they then looked at their business and, and we, we decided that um, we need to uh, in, increase the revenue sources. Um, they've adopted compounding passionately and, and, and made a, uh, a good fist of that with a, a great contribution out of the business there. Um, and, and then um, be, being able to ha- uh, interact regularly and know... Uh, where their business is, is uh, operating at and um, you know, what their profits are and, 
what their balance sheet looks like. They're able to uh, forecast regularly um, uh, out out a number of a number of months or uh, periods to ensure that they they know where their cash flow is heading. So all of that is over the years has, has seen um, the, the business and the owners of the business um, improve their uh, uh, their grasp of some of these um, some of these uh, um, areas, and it's it's made them stronger for it, I think, and it's made the business stronger. So I think that's been a, it's been a good journey for them, and uh, it's been pleasing for me to see them uh, grow and be successful. Yeah, no, look, it, it just hits so many different levels there in terms of, you know, just becoming more nimble, more educated, and then obviously with your help, more collaborative around those strategies and approaches and, you know, not being afraid of making changes in order to grow, um, which is, I think, probably as a criticism, you know, of probably a lot of us have probably been too passive in that we've never wanted to do too many new things at any one time. And, you know, sometimes it can work, sometimes it doesn't. But I guess, you know, so long as you can track the financial impact it gives you such a, a great head up as far as knowing is it working isn't it working as opposed to you know having to wait you know three or six months or 12 months down the track to really look at the impact yeah look at, at the other end of the scale too robert i mean i've got a um a, a group which um I, I my my vision very early on in dealing with them was that they had to have a lot of information available to them quickly and uh, you know, waiting for their bookkeeper or accountant to um, produce some numbers three or six months down the track just wasn't going to happen. Wasn't going to be uh, sufficient. Mm. And so we 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 developed um, some excellent reporting systems. And 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 now you know, um, some years down the track, the group's successful. It's got a strong balance sheet, and and we're able to discuss business numbers readily each month for each business, and 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 focus on the KPIs and and then the strategic decisions rather than be caught up in processing and, and waiting months and months and months for results. Yeah. Well, by the sounds of it, it makes your job a lot more enjoyable too. It, it does. I mean, uh, I mean, hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, my, my clients see the value in, in working with me and and uh, and uh, and taking advice rather than uh, dealing with. Um, uh, with me getting um, processing or compliance work done, so uh, that's that's what I enjoy most is, is providing advice and and in helping people understand their business and, and helping them grow and and um, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, no, fantastic. And and Peter, on the topic of growth, um, you know, what what would you say um, as the biggest game changing technology that you know, if we took aside all of the usual things that hold progress up, like time and resources, what would you love to see implemented in pharmacies today? Look, I think um, uh, I know it's a boring old term, but I think the term CRM um, has a new meaning that today in technology and, and this whole um, term of being connected is one that places the that can place the pharmacy well and truly um, front and centre in terms of the health relationship or the or, or the health management process, you know, in this country. Um, firstly. Um, we have, I believe, we have uh, a PBS which is well supported, and uh, and we have you know 5,400 pharmacy owners around the country. Uh, we the pharmacists get pharmacy businesses get visited, you know, two or three or six times a year by customers, but there's still that missing link I see is, and uh, with technology that's available today is why 
Now, why can't I, as a customer, be inverted commas permanently connected to, connected to my pharmacist of choice? And, and you know, why do I have to? Why does the pharmacist have to know that, or wait to see my face walk in the door to know that I'm still a customer? Um, I know, and I'm not. I'm going now beyond, you know, uh, online selling. I'm talking about, you know, being connected in the true professional advice sense you know if i'm at work and i bang my finger with a hammer mm. and i'm in a lot of pain well um, um i can get some some good first aid but maybe it'd be great to talk to someone i know who's a familiar face and and somehow rather be connected to my pharmacist mm. um, so i think that whole connection uh, given you know the you know the the way that bandwidth and wi-fi works these days can really build and 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 um and anchor customer Loyalty and also the and cement the pharmacist position uh, as the centre of um, the health management process. Yeah, no, look, couldn't agree more. And I think too often we we always have, and it's usually uh, the pharmacy owner that houses the best CRM information or customer relationship management information. And they know the family, they know the history, they know everything, but they can't be there seven days a week or 12 hours a day if it's extended hour pharmacies. So there's quite often a lot of variability in the experience. And, you know, we talk about a lot about, you know, continuing conversations rather than continually restarting them and asking people, to reproduce their story and to tell them tell us what's been going on because I think inherently like you say the customer's got this basis and they see it probably in too many other industries so that they expect us to be able to do the same in that they know what's going on consistently whether they've made a phone call whether they've visited in store whether they've gone to the website um, and and particularly as we've been talking recently about wearable technology and that has the ability to connect what's going on every day around our you know fitness or our wellness data and even to some degree some of the healthcare data like glucose meter readings and blood pressure ratings that you can be tuned in to what's going on and responding proactively as opposed to reactively and putting that back onto the customer so that it in that sense becomes a great health collaboration which uh, I think really positions pharmacists at the hub of that as you said. That's right that's right and um, I mean you know for example if if if, uh, if I'm at my local pharmacy and I'm and I'm a and I'm a mother or a father and I've, I want to be a member of their 24-hour access to some help for my children. What, you know, I want to pay for that service. Then let's use technology to drive it. Yeah. Yeah, no, certainly be fantastic and I think that's what makes it so exciting to be in pharmacy at the moment and you know, we do often hear you know, a little bit too much of the negative side but you know, like, you, like you just touched on there Peter, there's so much to look forward to so thank you very much for coming on the show today and we look forward to following your journey forward and uh, look forward to having you back in the not too distant future. Robert, thank you for having me and uh, I wish uh, pharmacy owners all the best uh, with their future technology. Fantastic. Thanks, Peter. Thank you, Robert. Well, there you have it from the accountant's mouth, what you need to do to transform your pharmacy with relation to your finances. It was so great to hear from Peter how the method of his practice has changed and he hasn't been steering away from it, hasn't been scared of it. He's embraced it and is starting to see that transitionary role from accountant, which was involved very much in processing, to advisory. And as we spoke about a few weeks ago, 
really sitting at that virtual financial controller position, which is a position that would exist in major corporate companies. And really, they were providing deep insights to the board of the company. And in which case, you can charge your accountant with the responsibility of advising you moving forward, as opposed to just getting caught up in data entry and processing, which really doesn't add any value to your pharmacy at all. So my three key learnings, the first one is just know the steps of what you need to do to start reaping the benefits and looking at the features of moving down this pathway. We spoke about getting our processes right, making sure that our processing always falls into best practice. So if you're doing that poorly without cloud computing, by leveraging cloud computing, you're only going to make the problems bigger. So it's important that we're our accuracy and our workflows and the people responsible are in place. Understanding how the technology works, how it's going to change the workflow for you, what you're going to be able to do in being more flexible and having people who are able to work on it away from the pharmacy rather than always bringing people in. And then trying to work out how you're going to get all of your data feeds together. You're going to be able to solve a lot of security issues of having to constantly import and export the file to bring it across your entire virtual financial team, which includes maybe your bookkeeper, your accountant, maybe one of your management people in your pharmacy, as well as yourself. This way you are all on the same side. And also the investment as well. We spoke about a lot about how it may reduce the cost of your current accounting costs, but at the same time, it might increase your capacity to increase the level of advice and strategy so that you're able to build a more successful business model because you're able to tap into the resources and the experience of your accountant rather than just what they're known for in processing and data entry, which really is of little value to you. Number two, really important that we know our KPIs. Peter gave us some great KPIs to be looking at. I know that a lot of us probably don't look at these as frequently as we should, but really understanding our key metrics, and he gave some great ones, great profit per gross profit per customer is a really, really good one. And relating that back to our customer numbers gives us a really good appreciation for how we're tracking and whether we're on a hiding to nothing or whether our business model is becoming higher service level, therefore our gross profit levels are going up per customer. So if we are on a customer decline, but our gross profit dollars are going up, it may create better interactions for everyone in that you're servicing less customers, but they're more valuable and you're able to deliver more value and deliver them more time and a better experience because of it. So the only way you'll know is by tracking those metrics. And the third one is really tapping into the full benefits of the platform. So when you've transitioned to it, don't just leave it there and say, okay, great, I don't need to have a bookkeeper in the pharmacy anymore. They can just log in whenever they want and it's done. But understanding that the access to data and the ability to have someone like Peter or a similar accountant educate you on your financial numbers and your KPIs allows you to be nimble, obviously be educated, allows you to collaborate with your virtual financial advisory team or your other advisors as well. And as a behavior thing, you'll be calmer, you'll be less stressed, you'll be able to sleep at night because you'll know your true financial position, not just your 
artificial position, which might just be your sales or some other metric that you get just from your POS, but your true financial position. And it changes the relationship that you have with your accountant, your bookkeeper, because it becomes collaborative and it can become high level strategy, which is what you want. So a lot of lessons to come out of that, but it's so critical that we know our numbers and that we know that they're going to help us grow and that we know them as often as we need to. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Transformation. Don't forget, we've got some great interviews coming up. We've got a pharmacy owner who grew his dose administration aid by 300% in one square meter. You will not believe it. And also, if you hadn't thought of how you can help your patients on their health journey, and particularly around some big things around health insurance, you may see this as a great opportunity after you hear my interview with Anthony Huck the Managing Director of Covered Australia. Don't forget to leave a comment in the show notes. There is always space for you at the bottom. I read and respond to everyone and my guests like Peter today are on this show to, and they're also happy to respond to those questions individually if they come up. Have a great week, everyone, and I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Bye for now.